Uh, there's a lot going on. You know, there's part of being an apostolic church. If you don't know what that is, it means that we're an outgoing church, not just an incoming church. Amen? I mean, we can just stop right there. and That ought to preach right there. But as an apostolic church, it means we're always sending out. We're going out to expand the kingdom. We're, we're not just the incoming. We're outgoing. And today, we are outgoing uh, in three different churches. Sand Springs is filling the pulpit in three different churches. And we have three different guys filling the pulpit in this church today. And so it's a, such a blessing. You're always seeing new people doing new things around here, and that's because we are always on mission. Amen? Always on mission. And we're, we're, we're meant to expand the kingdom. We're meant to grow up those who are in this kingdom. And uh, it's, a, it's awesome uh, to be able to do that. One of the things that we do uh, is we are, I say three different places. I'm wrong. Four different places today. The fourth one is in the jail. And so... Brother Jerry, go ahead and make your way on up here. Brother Jerry is uh, one of our ministers here, and he preaches in the jail every week. And uh, we've had like 14 baptisms in the jail here lately, and so we're so thankful for him. And uh, and he's also got good fashion and uh, style. And, uh, <laughs> and so, so thankful for Brother Jerry. He's going to be bringing the word this morning to the first service, Brother Dean will be bringing it in the second service, and Brother Brad will be bringing it in the third service. And so if you want to hear three different services, just stay put. Three different sermons. But uh, so thankful for Brother Jerry. First time he came here, he was in a coat and tie. I said, we don't do that around here, Brother. Thought about doing it today. <laughs> but no, it's, it, it's, it's okay if you do, but it, you, you kind of felt out of place. But, but now you feel right at home, don't you? Absolutely. Because this is your home, and we're so glad to have you. Bring the word for this morning. Let me pray with you for yes, you, do. Father God, we are so thankful for men and women who will go forth and bring the gospel to others. We are so thankful for those who want to build up the body, who will increase your kingdom. And we do give you glory for all that you do and who you use. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just speak through Brother Jerry this morning. We just thank you for him. And, Lord, I pray that uh, what you do speak through him, Lord, will... Uh, make impact in every person's life today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, y'all are looking at a miracle. I can say that because about two years ago, I was not the same person. I was hateful. I was mean, sarcastic, which still comes back occasionally. But... <laughs> You know, some, you've got to have a little sarcasm, sarcasm in your life occasionally. Um, but COVID was really good for me. You know, I put this remember love up here because we forget as Christians to love. We go through our growth process. We go and do what we need to be doing, going out and ministering. But sometimes we forget to love. Um, this this kind of came to me one morning. I was getting my coffee. And where the coffee pot is in the kitchen, I can look down a hallway and see my grandkids' room. I'm getting my coffee, and I see the little pocket door slide back a little bit, little beady eyes looking at me. And my youngest grandson, Noah, he looks to see if Pops is in there getting coffee every morning. And I know that because I'm usually standing there getting coffee every morning. 
he flings that pocket door open and he comes running down that hallway and jumps in my arms. You know, kids know how to love. We knew how to love. We can get that back. You know, it's, I didn't realize how far I had gone. I didn't realize that I was that mean. There's only a few people in this room that knew me before y'all. They knew how bad I really was. I didn't. But COVID was a good year, good, good start for me. It forced us all to slow down, forced us all to evaluate our lives. It gave me time to start reading my Bible again. You know, I did that starting in about March, August. God got a hold of me in a way that I did not understand. First time I came here, of course, I had the, had the jacket on. Didn't really feel out of place because, you know, I've, you need to know a little bit about me. I'm retired police, so a lot of my bitterness and hatred came from dealing with people on the streets, came from dealing with other officers. Um, so it's the miracle to me is God transformed my life, and he put me in a place with people I didn't like. The first time, well, I'm going to tell this story because I'm going to tell my version of it. Tricia may have a different one. But when the Lord called me to the jail, he made it blatantly obvious. I was a pretty good investigator. I really think I was a good investigator. I like to have a lot of evidence. Well, he made it so blatantly obvious that I was going to the jail that I could not deny it. Beyond a reasonable doubt, I was going to the jail. The hard part was, how am I going to tell my wife, I'm fixing to go to that jail where I've been putting people in jail for years. How are they going to receive me? So when I finally broke it to her, I said, maybe I got to go to the jail to preach. Just the look on her face was like, they'll kill you. They will kill you. And I've got to be honest, that came across my mind too because I didn't know if I was going to state prison. I didn't know if I was going to a city jail. I didn't know if I was going to a county jail. I just knew that I was going to the jail somewhere to preach. So in typical cop humor fashion, I said, it's okay, baby. I got good life insurance. <laughs> you know, I still think it's funny. She still really doesn't smile at that, but... It's all about me sometimes. So, a lot of us, and, and some of y'all are probably in the same boat, our jobs force us to, to interact with people that we wouldn't normally interact with. We may not like those people. We definitely don't think we can love those people. Driving down the road, you go through the Metroplex or ter uh, Tyler for that matter now, even Athens, you see homeless people. Before, I would drive up there, and if there was two lanes and they're in that center median, I'd go to that right lane because I didn't want to look at them, didn't want to think about them, didn't want to talk to them, didn't want to interact with them. God said, that's not what I put you here for. That's not what I want you to do. So he gave me an idea. Give them little care packages. I don't want to give them money. You don't know what they're going to do with it. Give them little care packages. Give them some water. Give them some crackers. Give them a Bible. I've done that. But it, the blessings that we get when we start loving people, 
are so much better than, than living our, our carnal lives and, and living in a manner to where we don't think about others. If we put ourselves out there and love others, we're going to be loved. I was going to save this story. I'll save, I'll save this story because I think y'all really like this one. It, it really hit home with me, and it was a, it's a jail story. Y'all, y'all, if y'all hadn't figured that out yet, a lot of my stories are going to be about the jail because my preaching experience is limited. This is the biggest crowd I've ever had, and I'm honored and blessed to be able to do this. When, when, like, when the Lord told me to go preach, I didn't realize I was going to be preaching in front of my people. You don't realize how much pressure preaching in front of your people is. Woo! I, that, that, that might get you a little bit. But that's okay. Because if we're obedient and we're doing it in love, it's all going to work out. So going back to my, my, my transformation, when the Lord changed me in August of 2020, I was a big crybaby. I mean, somebody looked at me wrong, and my heart was breaking, and I was crying. First time I sat down in the office with Pastor Eric, he probably thought, this big crybaby. Because half the, half the time I was talking to him, I was crying. But I didn't realize what was going on. Here recently, I'm, I'm trying to read through everything in the Bible. I'm trying to take in as much as I can because times are short. We're getting to the point where we got to get people where they need to be to know Jesus. Because if we don't, they're going to be lost. I don't want my family lost. I don't want my friends lost. I don't want my family in the jail lost. I want to reach as many people as I can. So I felt this sense of urgency. How am I going to do this? How am I going to go through this entire Bible and get what I need to pass that on to people? Well... I didn't have to go through that entire Bible. All I have to do is know the key verses. I'll let y'all figure out what those are because I think the key is different for everyone. So probably a couple months ago, I'm reading through the Bible, and I'm in Ezekiel, and I hit 3626, and I realized what happened to me. God tells his people, I will put a new heart in you and a new spirit in you. I will take that heart of stone out of your flesh and put a heart of flesh in you. That's what happened to me. That was the miracle I didn't see coming. But it did. So, today we're going to talk about love, which to me is just baffles me. It baffles me that I'm talking about love after everything I've done and gone through. But I think it, I think it qualifies me because of what I've done. So, we're going to start off in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Now, everybody's got different versions of the Bible. I like the NLT version of this because it just, for me, I'm I'm pretty simple-minded a lot of times. So, the simpler, sometimes the better. And when I go into the jail, I like to keep it simple because a lot of these folks... They, they just don't understand. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4, Paul tells us what love is. Love is patient and love is kind. Yeah, I didn't have either one of those. Love is not jealous or boastful 
or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. That gets a lot of us right there. It's not irritable. See, sometimes, all right, I'm going to tell myself, sometimes I lose my love when I get hot and I'm moving stuff and it's 100 degrees outside. I get a little irritable with people that I love. I'm sorry, Tricia (laughs) and Macy. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always helpful, endures through every circumstance. Now, verse 8 starts off in this Bible. My NLT didn't do this, but in my New King James it does. Verse 8 starts out, love never fails. Man, love never fails. And when you start loving, you realize that. When you start practicing what you're preaching and you spend time and invest time in people and love them, you realize that. So, why should we love? I'm going to ask a bunch of questions and I'm going to let the Bible answer those just so y'all know what I'm doing. So, why should we love? Let's flip over to Mark 12, 29 and let's find out why we should love. I'm going to use my crutch real quick because... Got to get my little spectacles out so I can read. So Jesus is talking, and one of the scribes comes up and asks him, you know, what, which is the first commandment of all? Which one should we pay attention to first? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, and the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. The second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So he puts loving God and loving our neighbor right there neck and neck. How many of us don't do that? We may say we love God, but how many of us are turning our back on our neighbors? And who's our neighbor? Everyone. Anyone that is breathing is our neighbor. So now let's look over here at John 13, 34, and 35. If I can find it. They're at the Passover feast. Judas has left the building. Jesus starts giving his disciples a new commandment. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So sometimes we have to look at ourselves. Are my actions proving that I'm a disciple of Jesus? Are my actions, my love for my fellow man, my neighbor, proof that, that I'm a follower of Jesus? I gotta, I gotta pull out a little Second Corinthians every now and then and examine myself because Sometimes I get a rude awakening that I'm not. Disregard the shaking. It's Tourette's or something. I'm not sure. Maybe something else. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm actually pretty good. I'm, I'm okay. This is exciting for me. Being able to share what the Lord has done in my life with you, hopefully you can relate. And this, this same thing can happen to you if it hasn't already. 
Because a lot of us spend a lot of years as Christians just muddling along, not, not living in the full glory of Jesus. And until you do that, you don't realize what you've missed. It, it, it'll rock your world. It'll make you cry for a while. So what if I don't love? What happens if I don't love? Let's slip over to 1 John 4. And we'll find out what happens if we don't love. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He who does not love does not know God. We can sit there and say all day long, yeah, I'm, I'm doing what God wants me to do. But you got that one person, that one person that is just in your crawl, just bothers you. That one person is preventing you from truly knowing God. Now, I can't tell you who that person is. You may not even realize who that person is. But the Holy Spirit does, and he'll tell you if you ask him. So if you feel like you're not as close to God as you need to be, start seeking Holy Spirit's wisdom because he will tell you. He will make it blatantly clear where your deficiencies may be. So how do we love? If you slide down a couple of verses to number 11, he says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Hold your place right there, but I'm going I'm to tell you a little story about my, again, my jail ministry. When the Lord said, I want you to go into the jail, my question to him was, first, I don't know enough to, to preach to anybody. Second was, when I finally accepted the fact that I was going to go, the second was, God, how can I love these people? I've been putting them in jail all these years. Most of them I don't like. Some of them I actually hated. How am I going to go in there and preach to these people without them wanting, not wanting to shank me? And he said, go to Ephesians 5. So being the keen investigator I was, I wanted all the evidence, so I went to Ephesians 4. Well, I spent all morning in Ephesians 4 and didn't find anything that was, that was relevant. The next morning I get up into Ephesians and I get into Ephesians 5, verse number 1 and verse number 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So when I got that word, I said, hmm, am I elevating myself above Jesus because I refuse to love? I was. That was, the, that was the final straw that, that took anything that may have been standing in my way from going and ministering like the Lord wanted me to do. That was the last hurdle that I felt I had. Now, there have been others. Satan's going to be throwing stuff in front of your feet. He's going to try to trip you up all day long. Every time, every time I get ready to go to the jail, something happens. I get ready to come up here, something happens, you know. Yesterday I had a clogged up drain. Satan's trying to make me mad, get me out of my 
get me out of my, my, my heavenly zone because I know I was going to be up here preaching. So my, I get my drain fixed. And then last night, get ready to get in the shower. Shower's backed up. I said, oh, Lord, I need your help. Luckily, it was two screws. Take out two screws, everything goes away. It was good. But being faithful and loving is the key to what we need to be doing. So, what, what is our reward? What is our benefit for loving others? Look at verse number 16 in, in uh, 1 John 4, verse 16. And we have known and believed the love of God, the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because he is, and so are we in this world. We may have boldness in the day of judgment. I don't want anything to stop that. I don't want one person... My bitterness, my dislike, I can't even say I hate anybody anymore. There are people that, that I've come across in this life that, you know, I may not, I may not care much for them, but I'm still going to pray for them. If I'm talking to them, if I have the opportunity to witness to them and tell them about Jesus, I'm going to do that because that's what we are commanded to do. We are commanded to love others. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, and if... Like me, y'all probably have times where you, where you struggle with that. I still do. But we've got brothers and sisters right here that can help us with that. You know, we, we get to hear about Brother James and how much he loves people and how he can chastise people in love and, and they thank him. So, I'm going to tell you a little love story that, that blew me away. I'm in the jail one day, and I was, I was preaching that sermon, a, a version of that sermon. I get in there, and I tell them we're going to be talking about love. I, love, I wore my Love Thy Neighbor shirt. That was the first day we got them, so I went ahead and wore it into the jail. And uh, I've got 13, 13 guys, and we're in the rec room. So when I first started this, we would go into the pod area to where there's little uh, little vestibules, and they were behind bars. They couldn't get to me. I could say whatever I want to. I'd make fun of them. Hey, I got a captive audience here. I mean, I wasn't making fun of them. They really are a captive audience. But it, it, it went over most of them's head, kind of like it did for y'all just a second. But, you know, it's – but now I get to go down in the in – the, in the uh, rec room with them. So I'm right down there in the midst of them. And they're all circled around me. And I said, we're going to talk about love today. And one guy's like, hey, what is love? Tell me what love is. I said, Good, you should ask that because I'm fixing to read it to you. So I read 1 Corinthians to him. Then he wants to just keep going. He wants to take over the sermon. And I said, uh, hey, man, I got a lot to go through. So let me finish up, and, and we will, we'll get to you. We'll get to your questions. Well, me and my girlfriend, we're living together. I said, okay, I'm going to stop you right there because that's part of your problem. You know, that, that relationship is never going to be blessed while you're doing that. Well, this dude got bent. 
I mean, he's standing there just glaring at me. I got to keep an eye on him. I don't want to get. I don't want to get shanked. I promised Trisha I'd take care of myself. So I get done. Get done with my message, and everybody's everybody's getting ready to to break out and go back to their cells so we can get some more. And this guy shakes my hand. I was a little nervous, but I shook his hand. Shakes my hand. He gets ready to walk out. And another guy comes up to me and leans in and said, we had you back. <laughs> so um, I'm keeping an eye on this guy, and I'm watching people watch me and him in this interaction. They're realizing what's going on. And these, some of these hardened criminals said, we got your back. I walk in there now, and I, I'll tell them, kind of like I did y'all right up front, this is what I did for a living. I put people like you in jail. And first time I, I used this line on them, I was a little nervous. Luckily, we had the bars in between us. I said, I didn't like y'all. I didn't want to be around y'all. I didn't want to have anything to do with you. But Jesus changed me, and he told me to come and tell you that he loves you and that he wants to know you like he knows me. Well, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but crying in a jail setting is kind of frowned on. I've not cried in there yet. I might have had a tear kind of well up, but I've not cried. But I have watched grown men stand there Listen to what the Lord is telling them, and they're bawling their eyes out because this 22-year hardened cop investigator that puts people in jail just told them, I love you, and I can, I can hug these guys. It's like they're my brothers now because most of them are. They have to volunteer to come out and see us. Some of them just want to come out just to get out of there. But it's amazing when they start feeling that love. I had one guy come out, offered him a Bible. No, I don't need it. Okay. He said, uh, yeah, my daughter asked me to come out for church, so that's the only reason I'm here. I said, well, I've got a Bible if you want it. No, it's okay. Every time I show up now, this guy comes out. He smiles. We interact. He still won't take a Bible from me, but he's getting the word. And that's what's important. He feels that love. He doesn't have to come out. They have to, they have to want to come out to church. And when they do, that's my opportunity. So, you know, it's for me, and I hope for you today, if there's that one person that you're having trouble loving, you're having trouble forgiving, they may have hurt you in a relationship, They may have been a friend, a business partner that did you dirty. There are so many, so many different variations of hurt that we can go through. I don't know them all. Jesus does. But if you feel that hurt today and you feel that disconnect of love and you don't know what love is, here in just a few minutes, we're going to have our, our praise team up here. We're going to have our altar team down here. You know, it's, it's your time. It's your time to get close to the Lord. It's your time 
to remember love. Remember what that was like, being that little kid, running to someone you can trust. We're that little kid running to the Father. Just think about that, guys. That's what we're here for today is to think about what the Lord is laying on our heart. That's what he's laid on my heart. Praise team, if y'all want to go ahead and come on up and get ready. Um, again, our, our altar team will be down front. And if you have a love problem, come on down. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, please come down. You will not know true love until you know Jesus. And when you get that new heart, that heart of flesh in you, you're going to know. You're going to know it. It's going to transform your life. You're going to have feelings you've not known maybe ever. So keep that in mind. Don't be ashamed. Don't let Satan sit there while you're in that chair. Don't let him tell you, you don't need to go down there. People are going to think that, that you're a sinner. People are going to think that you don't love, love them. It doesn't matter what people think. This is your time to come to know the Lord. This is your time to get closer to him, to renew that love, that vow, and follow that commandment to love your neighbor as yourself.